Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In moments like these, words alone are insufficient. And so I am at a loss for words at the top of the show. No quickie, no quippy blurb or uh, quotation that relates. Instead, I invite you, uh, dear friends and internet uh, family of audience, uh, I humbly invite you to partake in a genuine moment of silence that we may take an authentic pause in whatever else may be going on in our day to say a sincere prayer for those who are gone in this incident and in all those that preceded it and in those that may not be directly related in theme but are of the same ilk and the survivors and humanity as a whole. And let us follow up that prayer with some action in thought, because words alone can be empty, but genuine thought and public discourse can be the planting of seeds, which is an action. Some silence, pray to whomever you pray to and in whatever form you pray to for strength and healing and transcendence.
as one wise soul once put it somewhere, I don't remember off the top of my head who said this when, uh, but uh, faith without action, <clears throat> faith without action is empty. I think I've heard it said faith without action is dead. On that somber note, I'm almost dread to play any music for this episode. Um, it's hard to bridge that gap sometimes. Uh, but it's those little rituals I do believe. The rituals of comfort, whether it be comfort food, the cooking of, the sharing of with others, especially in times of need, uh, whether it be comfort entertainment, um, the camaraderie of enjoying something that is light and humorous or entertaining and escapist, etc., that help us, um, right, to move forward. We, we cannot avoid or bottle up or ignore and neglect. Our emotions, our feelings, our reactions, our pain, our suffering, our grieving, our uh, concern. But similarly, we should not wallow in them. We should not drown ourselves in them. We should not blinder ourselves with them. We should not bottle them up inside. We should not neglect them and ignore them until, you know, they come back to bite us in the ass and haunt us. Because they will. <clears throat> As, you know, some of us have probably learned in real life in some form or fashion, mild or otherwise. It's been a rough couple of weeks, friends, uh, here in, in the land of Trumptopia versus America. And it's funny that that just came out of my mouth because I was, uh, earlier in the day, I had had some thought that was framed in the something versus something paradox, uh, in the us versus them paradox. Uh, but it, it was too early in the day and I didn't have any device near me to like capture it. And I was in the middle of some other things. And then I had to deal with some, uh, phone calls, et cetera, not complaining, just saying statement of fact. Um, and in, in that, it's in that process that I lose these little clear nuggets of, of succinct thought. And, and thus must rely on my uh, improvisational rambling at times to try and hopefully reignite that, that inspirational moment or at least capture the idea or re-represent the idea vaguely. Um, we, as many of you may have heard me speak on before, and if you haven't, there's a pin on the corkboard. Um, we live in a culture that has been imbued with us versus them sublimated tribalistic thinking. Uh, 
And I don't throw around big fancy words just to throw around big fancy words. I know that some people go around sniping down any any statement just because it's got big fancy words, especially if they're not comfortable with them or if they think they don't know how they're being used, if they think the user doesn't know how they're being used. But I digress. Um, there's a lot of sh- name-calling in the world, uh, and it strikes me as sad and strange and disheartening and disingenuous of all those involved. Um, but, you know, far be it for me to call anyone a hypocrite because we're all... We're, We've all got beams in our eyes and we're all standing around in our glass houses coveting each other's golden rocks as we prepare to throw them at each other. Um, and that's a, that's, a, that's a Mr. Zeppo original, super deep, very complex metaphor that has way more uh, intended meaning that may seem apparent at first blush. Um, <laughs> if I may be so bold and self grandizing just to say that uh, I try not to be self-aggrandizing um, the issues that we face because it isn't one issue um, right to solve the problems or not to solve the problems that is the question and I would have uh, extended the 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 metaphoric uh, uh, parody monologue of Shakespeare to be or not to be, um, had I had it in front of me. And I just didn't want to look it up. I'd, I'd be honest with you. I'd been kind of dragging ass all day anyways, uh, but still being mildly productive. And, uh, and here we are. <laughs> uh, the problems are clear and glaring. They get simplified, arguably, over simplified by many by most let's dare say uh and and even even amongst those that are knowingly oversimplifying them uh because there's a broad spectrum of people that do right they they justify the oversimplification usually with some oversimplified rationalizations The problem about the problem is that we fight about the problem here. And I I don't mean to speak for the world, but it does seem to be not exclusively an American issue. It seems to be very much uh, evidently part of the American problem, if we can dare say such such a term. And I'm not an America hater. Let me start. Let me start. Off. In fact, let us point to the to the virtual, not so virtual corkboard anymore. Because I'm actually looking at a corkboard. It's technically blank with nothing on it. I have pins; they're not red, and I've always talked about red pins. Um, it does have LED tape on it that's not successfully self-sticky enough to stick on there, and I'm gonna have to figure out some some theater hack workaround. Uh, and and this this won't have been the first time I've ever had to lay out. Complicated. This is very simple, but I've uh, in my in my in my long and sorted, half-assed um, freelance career as an electrician for theater venues, I have indeed had to deal with LED long, long, endless strands of LED tape, uh, configured in various ways and and rigged together in various ways, and, and 
often hot glued in place and, and, and too often the case, not ever really managing to stay in place long enough to run for the whole run of the show. Uh, but I digress. The corkboard metaphor and literal signage doohickey now that we have, which you, you may catch should you choose to navigate your way through the Zeppoverse um, and visit uh, one of the platforms that I live stream on, uh, is a metaphor for tracking and for yourself, not necessarily for me. I'm not, I have not literally been, although I may make an effort over the next year or three to try to at least begin to actually physically represent some of the subjects that I, I, I subconsciously routinely refer to the corkboard to. Um, I do sort of keep an unconscious, some semi-conscious list. Um, it's sort of by rote and by habit and by sheer coincidence of memory. Uh, I've never once quite tragically, uh, I say with self-judgment, um, ever managed to even begin to track a physical list of some of the things, any of the things that we put on the corkboard. Um, but the corkboard's a thing on the corkboard <laughs> to get meta, because, you know, that's one of my things long before it got trendy. Let me tell you, I was, I've been getting meta since 1993. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> get meta with it. That's my new, that's my new, one of my new, taglines it's mine don't steal it uh it's been a dark and uh gloomy week folks here in in the the, f the fringy liminal space we call trumptopia versus america uh, and i'm on the side i'm in the coalition of people that would very much like to make america america again and they would like to make trumptopia america again that being said i wanted to disclaimer some disclaimers now in the history of this podcast, I've made whole episodes, which why I was beginning to point towards the corkboard. You should be aware, dear listeners, whether you're new, uh, whether you're still noob status or you're kind of a, a seasoned veteran or, uh, or a, a, a first year original. I don't know how many people are out there, but if there are people who've been listening since the year I launched this podcast, hallelujah and thank you for being here. Uh, your support is much appreciated. Keep listening. And um, what, it, what was I referencing on the corkboard? I got so meta that I lost my strand of thought. The problem with the... Let's go back to the problem with the problem and maybe we'll pick it up in post. <clears throat> there is a post process to the live podcast. This is a live podcast. Let me get programming note meta for a hot second. This is a live podcast created on the Sprecher.com platform. You can listen to it on many different podcast catchers. For a list, visit solo.to forward slash Mr. Zeppo. If you'd like to listen to it somewhere other than where you're already listening to it now, um, there you go. Sometimes, and with increasing frequency, I think in the future, I have been and will be re-referencing this content uh, on in other modalities, including quote-unquote live streaming, uh, and, re and then having a discussion with myself and others about it. Uh, public discourse to connect some threads. Okay, that's a big pin on the board. Is not meaningless. And there seems to be a school of thought out there, curiously taking quite a great deal of advantage of all the tools of public discourse available to people to tell other people and convince them that public discourse is meaningless. Malarkey, I say. 
public discourse, and yes, even the trends that obviously inherently crop up from that process, which people poo-poo on all the time. Curiously, in a very trendy, I'm reposting the most newest trendy thing, mocking and shaming all those reposting the other set of things kind of way, which I think is laughably two-faced and hypocritical right on the face of it. Hello, your glass house is showing, and so are your dirty, dingy, not-so-golden rocks that no one is coveting. <clears throat> well, the people who don't have as many rocks probably are coveting, but I digress. Let's not get lost down that rabbit hole. Um, this cycle of echo chambering the, the facts of the issue, the outrage about the facts of the issue, we echo chamber every move into an echo chamber of echo chambers within echo chambers, right? I'm sure even now, as of this recording, at uh, 4.06 p.m. Friday, May 27th, Pacific Standard Time, uh, in, uh, in Universe Triple Z, uh, on, on Planet Dirt Triple Zero Z 1A, for those of you familiar with the multidimensional framework of the Zeppoverse, um, that's just me cosplaying some of the literary fiction, please forgive. I'm trying to be lighthearted in the midst of a very dark and serious moment in which we must have some very serious talk. Uh, in part, I believe that is the, the role of art when it is truly art, not calling this bullshit podcast art, uh, but I do believe myself to be an artist uh, and strive in all things to be at least artful. Uh, and so, friends, um, I, I, I want to point out to you this wedge issue engineering of things, right? I made the meme, the us versus them butt plug, as some people insist on calling it. It wasn't intentional. It's not my fault. that That's the pattern people see in the words. Uh, as I've said recently, in fact, on an episode uh, about a similar, so, somewhat seemingly unrelated but honestly totally related in terms of the currents that moved things to where they are now are concerned uh the very discussion of it has been weaponized against us uh as uh, a podcast disc jockey styled talk show host um or amateur cosplayer pretending to be one <clears throat> which is, you know, curiously listened to by some number of people in 20 plus, almost 25, 26, 27, depending on which month you take tally, countries around the world. Uh, I feel it is incumbent upon me to call out that A, this weaponization is not new. B, it's deeply ingrained. C, it's hard to point out to people who are entrenched in the intellectual ideological warfare of it. But it is, in my humble opinion, a, a hamster wheel, a, a treadmill of distraction that occupies too many people's energy, time, effort, money, consciousness, focus, etc. As I think Albert Einstein, I don't know it's, if, if it's one of those fake quotes, and if it is, forgive me for invoking it, but I believe it is attributed to him, and some would say correctly, we cannot solve the problems we've created with the tools we use to create them. Now, I don't want to just blurt out and dictate all the things I think should go on in the world. Um, so this episode in particular will be brief. In, in fact, it is sort of like a, an invitation episode. A, 
a podcast audience engagement prompt episode, if you will. We face these monstrous problems, interrelated, whether they seem to be or not, right? The, the rising tide of some form of ethno-nationalism everywhere you look. Um, the, the rising tide of hyper-conservatism that wink-wink-nudge-nudge isn't ethno-nationalist, but somehow always finds itself right up in there in each other's faces doing things together kind of a weird thing going on hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everywhere. Not just in Trumptopia, mind you. But that is the core criticism I have of Trumptopia for anyone wondering. Right? I'm not blindly outraged at Trump because someone told me to. I've been well aware of who he is and I thought it was absolutely ridiculous to recap really quickly that the Trumptopians thought it was no big deal whatsoever that he was a lifelong effing Democrat and then suddenly decided to become a Republican, right? And then start spewing all kinds of nonsensical, irrational things that their own side would have believed of him had he remained a Democrat. That they magically suddenly don't believe of him now because he has a magical protection of being in the Republican Party. Uh, and as I pointed out, there's there's deep, deep toxic issues going on in most ideological camps because it's not about this group is completely at fault, right? No effort, no human endeavor, no problematic organization, no company, no political party is a monolith of pure evil. And you must question if your ideology that you're clinging to, if your organization, church, or party is telling you that you must think that of this chosen group over there. Right? As I keep pointing out to people who accuse me of buying into the narrative, I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm one of those people that's been since Ronald Reagan was in office pointing out that it seems pretty clear that if there's someone controlling the narrative, they also have their fingers all over the counter-narrative, the, the, the blind rage backlash, and the conspiracy theory content all over the place about it. Friends. Because the conspiracy theory people haven't solved any of these problems, right? They've just yelled and foamed at the mouth with outrage that no one agrees that they're... Theories are the right theories. Um, most of them. I can't say that about... No, they are not a monolith of anything either. They're not a monolith of what I criticize the group to be. But the, the criticism is valid. Those two things can be true. Up and down. Can both exist. They don't mutually exclusively cancel each other out. Uh, and so we find ourselves in moments like these. Days apart. Outrageous events. Seemingly disparate, but always kind of 
tied by an undercurrent, a through line, or a series of through lines that are quite troubling. Those through lines clearly, obviously, painfully uh, rooted in or deeply uh, facilitated by fundamentally simple us versus them ideological conditioning. Um, now, let's be clear. We talked about disclaimers. I'm not anti-gun any more than I'm anti-sushi knife or samurai sword. What I have a problem with is, and, I, and I'm not calling anyone names, I'm describing the problematic issues with a kind of mentality. What I have a problem with, what I have a beef, what I call out is idiotic, thoughtless, ego-driven, ego-based, ego-anchored, ego-rooted, ego-inspired, careless, toxic relationships or cultural fixations or normalizations of tools that are quite literally machines of death and butchering other people as some badge of manhood. Now, where did that come from? Well, we can get all anthropological about it and Look, yield the ancient things, right? I mean, you don't need to go any further than the, most of American history to realize, wow, this culture developed what can in, can be very plainly called a highly unhealthy, psychologically imbalanced relationship with this particular tool of war and butchering other people. Now, that's not a judgment of the tool, right? Like, how hackneyed and old is the people don't kill people guns do argument? And the back and forth about it. Duh. People do the shooting. As Eddie Izzard quite uh, mockingly pointed out, of course. No one's saying that. Stop chanting that as if we believe the thing by itself is matter. He doesn't say this. He says, you couldn't, you, he says something to the effect of, well, you can't go around, you know, killing very many people just going bang, bang, rat that that boom, bang. And then a gag about someone having to be really dodgy in the heart for that to even remotely work, right? Of course it's people. But the back and forth, finger-pointing, argumentative, like, jogging exercise of running in that hamster wheel on whatever side of whichever ideological divide about the issue anyone might find themselves treading along is entirely distracting us from collectively collaborating together to creatively find genuine solutions that would obviously, to my mind, and I don't know, maybe it's not so obvious to others, I guess, would have to be rooted in healing. You can't legislate problems away. Although I'm all in favor for like, more age-appropriate regulations. You don't let people start drinking at 17, except the toxic morons that choose the willful, toxic, cultural perpetuation of the fuck it, nothing wrong will happen if you do kind of attitude, right? But that's not a judgment on an individual person. That's a toxic culture that was handed on to them by someone else, right? Yeah, now, each individual has to step up to the responsibility in their own context, in their own lives of going... You know, what, what relationship do I have? What kinds of relationships do I have? 
to these things that clearly can become toxic, whether you're talking about addiction to alcohol, addiction to other drugs, addiction to machines of war as solutions to problems. And isn't it interesting, as we've hit this mental health note, that the, the same kinds of people, especially the politicians, and most of the time I'm sort of lobbing my critiques at the politicians, the culture, seem, on the right particularly, seems to be in this weird, vicious cycle of the, you know, the politicians misleading the base down a path that they then can't reverse off of and then getting dragged further down that path and having to kowtow and double down on misleading them more. Okay, um, in my humble opinion. There's, there's this... Now, plenty of people... I, in my history of public discourse, on this platform, on any other social media platform, out in public, you know, in in discussions that come up with mixed company, you know, uh, and in debate situations that that arise from you know, in my youth when I was in academia, etc., hanging out in pubs and getting into a group discussion with other people, etc. I've been laughed at mocked and ridiculed for suggesting that we're fixating on the wrong approaches, right? We can't over-legislate a problem into non-existence. We can find common sense, bipartisan, if you must call it that, but rather broad-based supported uh, regulations that are not over over the top, that are not heavy-handed, that are not missing the point, that are not as crazy as the, quote, war on drugs, for example, right? Like, we can't wage a war on guns. We can't, uh, as a society, we can't take the guns all away. As the, and the crazy part is, let me, let me speak plainly on this. Like I said, people have accused me incorrectly of all kinds of things. Accuse me of being a Democrat when I'm not. Accuse me of wanting to take everyone's guns away when I don't. Here's the irony about that situation. I've been I've been standing around in this country, on this planet dirt, stranded here, watching this debate for 30 plus some odd years. Okay? They're coming to take your guns away is this echo callback refrain echo chamber tool that does a couple of different things besides prove ever that they've taken their guns away. Now, yes, there are historical precedents, right? And yes, in modern times, in that 30 years, Certain cities, certain things, often by the you know certain uh, campaigns or, or efforts, often driven by the left, have uh, have uh, done gun buyback programs. Then that's not taking their guns away. That's people having the choice to to trade out their guns and and, and no longer have them. Um, and there's plenty of interesting circumstances where they were quite glad to be able to be like, I didn't know what to do with this fucking gun. Get it off my neighborhood. I don't want it. So you know, etc. But we can get it. I'm not into rabbit holes. Um, and yes, of course, the Democrats uh, actually, and Republicans, is bipartisan, banned assault rifles for 10 years. Now, both sides will tell you that that experiment worked, quite curiously. Both sides will tell you that the other side is wrong when their claims about the experiment and whether or not it worked. I feel sometimes like, what's his name? Uh, I'm just like, oh, ah. um, sometimes I feel like the 
the intellectual bastard child between uh, Carl Sagan and and Louis Black. Um, and that, like, everyone else's crazy outrage outrages me. But I digress. I digress, I digress, I digress. There's, there's, there's malarkey and suspicious weirdness on all sides of the argument. And I've got a fundamental principle. Like, we're going to talk about principles. Here's a principle. When it comes to attempting to solve real problems with real solutions, the moment people on both sides, more than one side, multiple sides, all the different sides of a given discussion that's supposed to be a functional one where we strive towards arriving at consensus designed to create solutions, when all the sides instead deploy playground bully tactics, trolling techniques, and and are calling each other names, calling each other sheeple, I raise my things that make you go mm, eyebrow and stroke my chinny chin chin beard and go, uh, well, that kind of makes participating in that particular discussion almost void to me. Other than to throw in the things that I believe, you know, call all of this out and offer a different direction we could all be going in. But beyond that, I don't know what else to do with that sort of discussion. And that's what we've been corralled into. All of us, especially in my humble opinion, those like screaming, foaming at the mouth at their keyboards, calling other people sheeple, especially as vis-a-vis -vis the act of always being trendingly on top of trending the repost commentary, mocking memes about people who do the things that are too trendy on the opposite side to prove that they're sheeple. Like, it's really trendy right now to mock people for, for having put up their a Ukrainian flag or Ukrainian colors. Uh, it's been trendy for a hot minute to mock and ridicule people it, by reposting other content that mocks and ridicule people and tells you to repost content that mocks and ridicules people for posting content uh, for, uh, you know, what for, for putting up uh, Facebook frames. You know, those little frames that are often issue-oriented. There's a there's a set of trendy memes with plenty of variants that make the rounds after everything saying, oh, is it already insert new thing here season? I still have my insert last thing people were really upset about thing. Decorations still up. And the people post reposting this do not see how it is conditioning itself. Do not see how it is a wave of trending content that perpetuates the conditioning of people based on the trend of that content trending? Hello. Here's the thing. Memes are not image files with text splashed on them, right? Memes are idea bundles with associated emotional context uh, and sort of familiar familiarity grooves that become intellectually emotionally uh mentally memory imaginationally sticky therefore memorable therefore repeatable therefore communicable that's what a meme is right long before we turn we limited the definition to the idea of um you know some sort of image, text, 
doctoring thing, which is all fine and good. I'm not dismissing that. I'm just saying the word was in the dictionary before that <laughs> and had its its own like, um, what's the word for language that I'm trying to pull out of my head? It has its own, it's not grammatical. It, it's it, 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 sem semantic, perhaps something along those lines. But I digress, I digress, I digress. The fun thing about memes is that they're sticky, right? They trigger hormones and electric harmonic resonances in the mind-body apparatus that give the, the receptors at the consciousness center of that's taking everything in warm, fuzzy feelings of inclusion and of being clever and knowledgeable and whatevs and of being in the in-group that's trending the meme. Now, forgive me for pointing out the obvious, but that's exactly what makes any tool of cognitive conditioning and manipulation successful. That array of qualities I just described about memes are, you know, a big, massive Venn diagram overlap of the qualities in any and all uh, classic or postmodern social conditioning content. Call me crazy now. I don't pretend to be an expert. I don't got a PhD in jack shit besides being alive. Um, in the, in, you know, I got my doctorate from the, the Universal School of, of consciousness rattling. <laughs> and of course, that's a completely made up thing, right? Like I don't. And I don't pretend to be an authority in anything, friends. But I, and plenty of other out, people out there who are not authorities in anything are, are speaking with way more blunt confidence and brute force, um, tyrannical dictatorship type tone than I. I'm not here to dictate to anything, to anyone. What I am here is to call out the treadmill and say, hey, let's stop jogging for a minute, folks. Let's take a pause to really deeply contemplate everything we've gone through, to really honor the genuine pain and suffering that's happened and not, not buy into the hoax everything conditioning that everything's a hoax, right? To fight that off. Um, let's take a moment for that collective deep breath that gives us the will to ground ourselves collectively, right? We can only achieve collective things if we work individually and collectively. We can't just do one. Those two things, it's like up and down. You are an individual that is part of a collective. No matter how hard you try to like erase the collective bit out of your mind, you're there, you, you, you were born out of the collective uh, and uh, no matter how much we, any, any group of us tries to deny this, the metaphysical, spiritual dimensions of stuff, there clearly is evidence that we are interconnected at that level and that there's profound significance to it. It is not some surface frilly-dilly thing. We're not talking about dogma here. We're talking about metaphysical quantum mechanics, which I do not pretend to be an expert on. 
Um, but that like a sunflower finding the sun, I don't think we need to be. Do you know how to regulate the uh, polyrhythmic uh, atypical uh, patterns of your heartbeat? No. But your body does. Do you know how to, uh, you know, how your cells uh, process the information that they're processing in order to do the job that they're doing? No. And if you do know and can spell it out, it's because you went and studied somewhere the sciences that attempt to define that and describe it in English language or whatever language you can that you're using. Um, let's short circuit together as a community this propensity we have to fall into the with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No details. Tropes of the wedge issue conditioning, right? Even people who know that there's wedge issue conditioning, and I am not excluding myself from this following statement. Even people who are perfectly aware that there's wedge issue conditioning, that us versus them tribalism is toxic and it's everywhere, still fall into it. We still catch ourselves going, ah, snap, I only responded that way and got that snarky because of... Dot, dot, dot. It takes cumulative, individual, and collective effort, in my humble opinion, whatever we do. And if there is a first step I'm proposing in order to arrive at a healthier more collaborative, more consensus-built uh, um, approach to creating the solutions that we desperately need, I may, if I may be so bold as to suggest that the first thing we could all do together is set aside everything. Whether we think it's true and virtuous or not, just set it aside. Not judge it, not burn it to the ground, not destroy it, not blow it all up. Just set it aside. Breathe and attend to your own inner spiritual needs for a hot minute because that's meaningful. I come across this question in many ways and in many kinds of conversation and many dialogues, um, either um, you know between other people that I'm witnessing or at me, right? How can we heal if X, Y, and Z is blah, 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 blah. And I'm not trying to dismiss that. I'm just saying that there's a lot of variance of the, of the basic question at hand. How can we heal if how, and also, additionally, how could healing anything ever solve this problem? Whatever the problem is that seems more complicated, more intense. Um, and as we were just talking about in a recent, very rambly, very spirally episode, 
healing is more than we've been allowed to recognize, right? And what what is it? What is the real problem? It's not the machine. I'm not. I, let's not. I, I'm not as radical as Jesus was, who, despite encouraging everyone to buy swords, he then additionally, after they got them, told them to melt them all down into plowshares, because it was a it was a complex and complicated learning lesson he was walking them through, right? Which of course has been watered down, stripped away, minimalized, and and. and recontextualized and abstracted and, and misinterpreted and twisted and inside and out because that's what people do to dogma. To dog, with dogmatic interpretation of the Bible comes corruption. I digress. This isn't about the Bible. We can have a whole other discussion. The Bible and my opinion about religion versus spiritual practice, dogma versus uh, phenomenological spiritual realities that may or may not be still contained in the scriptures is up on the board. Plenty of episodes out there to tune into uh, which I humbly invite you to do so, so that you can bring that back. What this episode is, um, I almost labeled it a programming episode, a programming episode, but then I was like, I don't know if people get that, but I want to make a programming note of, an, of, of creating an open invitation, right? Um, y'all have social media. Y'all, um, if you don't have Facebook, good for you. Or also, are you just, what, what happened there? Did you just not realize it's a thing? Um, no judgment. I'm just asking questions, man. I don't judge people. Good for you. Don't, don't get on it. Um, but if you do use Facebook, there is a special, um, Facebook page dedicated, uh, to, uh, gather, will gathering other content and also sharing this content, right? It's the almost daily Zencast on Facebook. Uh, the easiest way to find it should you uh, not be the kind of person that remembers things super quickly or for a very long time very well, like myself, is to go to solo.to forward slash Mr. Zeppo. So type that in now or write it down, jot a note, solo, that's S-O-L-O dot T-O forward slash Mr. Zeppo. Like Linktree, it's much more name recognizable brand cousin. Um, I don't know that there's any relation there, but like Linktree, it's a page, it's a splash page with uh, all of my social media links, and then special highlighted links uh, organized in, in ways. Um, enjoy. The Zeppo verse is there, but you should be able to find the, and if it's not, I'm going to go look, make sure it is there. If it's not there, if you are already in Facebook and you don't want to go somewhere else to come back to Facebook, go to the pages section or go to the search section and search for the page, the Almost Daily Zencast. Uh, and one of the most recent posts I think I may have messed it up and posted some other things. I'll try to go back and pin it to make sure it's the topmost post. Is an invitation uh, for comments, commentary, suggestions, and ideas that are solutions-based and healing-oriented, right? Uh, we've all heard the argumentation. We've all heard the tropes. We've all heard the data. We've all heard the statistics. We've all know, uh, uh, and I don't mean any disrespect to any of the lost souls and any of the families that are suffering. We all know the, the, the conspiracy theories and have heard the headlines about them. We all know that people think it's all fake. We all know, not, that's not what I want to discuss. And it's all valid to discuss. It's been discussed. I've addressed it plenty of times on the show. Pins on the corkboard. Go dive around this show. The, what, the, the reason I called it the Almost Daily Sandcast when I first started it not, was not because I was going to do it every day. was because I intended to have at least 420 episodes so that a person could listen to it almost every day and have something to look forward to and listen to 
um, uh, even if it was sort of going backwards in time instead of forwards in time. Then I got into the habit of doing it at least two or three times a month, uh, and it's been going on since. So it's a it's an open ended radio style podcast talk show uh, with a bit of Zen uh, mysticism and uh, I- intuitional wizardry, potent- you know, potentially going on, and layers of the the embedding of 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 uh, into the literary world that I'm slowly grinding away at writing about, in which I address my concerns and my real life. Uh, worries about the long-term potential results if we do nothing. Let me edit that. If we continue to do nothing. Uh, For example, for a cultural media reference example, anybody who saw Free Guy understands this. If you've seen it or if you go see it, it'll give you some insight into the space I want to navigate creatively uh, and which sort of saturates the podcast. As I try to explain on occasion for, to refresh everyone's memory and to call it out for people who may be new, um, my opinion about real-world events is really my opinion. Me, as a person, not, and you know, blah, blah, blah. My incorporation of the cosplay, and I say that with latitude and, and poetic license and bunny ears, um, of my own character, not that I dress up very often, I'm in plain ordinary clothes when I do it usually, but you know the being of the, the fact that this is the incorrigible Mr. Zeppo hosting it, as opposed to my plain old regular ordinary name, um, has to do is that I'm trying to navigate the kind of creative space on a multi-platform, multi-project way that you find in a gooey nugget center at the at the center of Free Guy, which is a, a an action movie with plenty of fantasy action gun violence uh, set in a video game. That's about big issues and doesn't skirt around the problematic issues of gun violence. And they have this delightfully simple moment. They don't pretend to have answers. They don't pretend to know the solutions. But they do acknowledge that there is no good, in a way, by just being honest about it. They do acknowledge that there's no benefit to pretending that it isn't an issue, right? And that there isn't something to address there. Uh, So in this video game... I don't want to spoiler anything. I just want to get at this one line. There's a moment when Free Guy or Blue Shirt Guy calls a meeting of sorts and the the real world player girlfriend uh, avatar is there and he's asking her questions about the quote unquote real world, right? That that the the avatars that he's gathered should know and he kind of curious it's, and I, again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Forgive me for ruining the movie if you haven't seen it. Um, skip ahead. Uh, you'll just know this. The point is that it, it gives in this moment and the tone that it implies and the, 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 the what it adds to the movie as a whole, given what it's about in, you know, primarily in terms of the, arc, the character arc of the main character. Uh, I think it's, it was, it was, it's, it's the right kind of starting place for me as a creative writer, as a, someone who aspires to make movies based on what I'm writing, etc. Um, so Blue Shirt Guy is asking uh, Gamer Girlfriend Avatar about problems in the real world vis-a-vis relating them to problems in their world in the video game. Like, you know, do people have to deal with multiple bank robberies every day, day in and out? No, of course not, blah, blah, blah. Do you see tons of 
dead corpses just falling out of the sky from exploding planes? No, of course not. Um, you know, do do people go on gun rampages? And he asked, I don't remember how he says it, but he asked this but really sort of cringing, cringeworthy, freaking hardcore question about gun violence in their real world. And she's like, Con like they set up the expectation of like, nope, 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 things so much better than that in the real world. You don't have to put up with it. And then she's like, nope, that's a real big problem for you guy. That's huge. It's a, it's a big mess and it's ugly. A lot of violence. And he, all he can say is like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Um, which, you know, as an audience, we could, we could have, right? And as a community, to make some dots connect and leap some, some leaps here, all of this that we're living through now, it's 2022. All of this was foreseeable. All of this was foreseeable when Ronald Reagan was in office and giving speeches about how self-defense is important the, the Second Amendment is, is, is to be protected, but that no American really needs a, a, a fully automatic freaking machine of war to butcher people. Right? When conservative... Oh, crap. I just forgot what his job was and what his name... It's a weird name. But conservative Republican... And I posted this on Facebook. Um... On my personal page, I believe, not on the not on the all, almost daily Zencast page, but you can find me through that. Um, but a conservative mucky muck high up there that should be a respected conservative voice, arguably, uh, called the interpretation, not the Second Amendment itself. Don't get confused. Don't get your panties in a twist. I hate I hate love that saying. People have said it to me. People have said it to women I know, and women hate it. Some women love it. Let's not get caught up on it. Uh, but don't get your panties in a twist. He's, he called this guy, I forget if he was a Supreme Court justice or uh, the leader of the DOJ or some like big to do Republican mucky muck. Uh, and he said, he called the interpretation, the way the Second Amendment is being abused. And this was in 1991 when he said it. A fundamental moral fraud being, you know, perpetuated on the American public. You want you want to blame mental mental? Uh, uh, now this is just me talking. I've I've long thought since the, the the good old Reagan days, okay. And I didn't I didn't irrationally hate Ronald Reagan. I thought he was adorable. Some of his speeches were really moving. Some of his political choices were like, what the hell are you doing, dude? And, uh, and think, you know, contemplating his, his administration got me started on my lifelong journey of observing politics from outside of the elephant and donkey echo chamber. It's a puppet show. Now, the politicians sometimes don't acknowledge it's a puppet show because they know. The politicians sometimes don't realize it's a puppet show. The politicians are all people, yo. They're all human beings just like you. The problem is not there. But um, uh, I spiraled out of what I was going to say. What was I going to say? Oh, as far as the prompt, to get back to all that, I want to stay positive. Um, I humbly invite you, if you're, if you're listening to this now, uh, if you're coming across this, and even if it's already happened and I've already done the episode sometime in the future, go drop by and visit and, and engage in the public discourse anyways. Um, 
to come on by and participate in civil, civilized public discourse. Let's, let's, let's set down the tropes and biases and ideological constructs and tools of endless argumentation about guns and gun control aside. Let's take a deep breath and take all the, the worked up emotions and, and forgive, forgivingly, compassionately let them go and put them out into the pasture of healing. And then let us sit down together in a circle of collaboration as a community that is a member of the community of communities and talk about ways we could collaboratively develop solutions that are compassionate, that are about addressing the real deep systematic issues that set up the problems that lead an individual down the path of self-indoctrination and corruption and tra traumatization and, and damage and whatever else it is that leads to them choosing to take that action. And let's not do it by targeting those who are suffering other mental illness that have never been violent and, and hyper-legislating them. Let's not do it by blaming mental health issues at all. Let's not do it by fighting. Let's do it by discussing the very harsh realities, not of the, the tragic events as they are, but of the mysterious paths full of, uh, of complex influences uh, that, these, that these perpetrators walked that these human beings that became predators uh, walked in that sort of dual, dual, du, du, not duplicitous, a dualistic way of being alone but surrounded by a community. As people are pointing out, in you know, despite all the criticisms of the mainstream media, believe it or not, there's some there's people really bringing serious questions to the table out there, and I believe that while there are problematic issues and corruption, et cetera, that must be addressed, called out, and corrected, uh, the, the mainstream media is still one of many valid platforms for public discourse. It is a distilled, mediafied, packaged, and, and gentrified platform for sure. But it, And it is not the only platform, and it is not the evil, uh, totalitarian crazy that people have been bought into believing it. Um, and this media here, friends, our own media, the community we have been building together throughout this time and will continue to build, which is inherently a part of this podcast, whether you've caught on or not, um, you're participating, dear friends, by sitting down with me and joining me in contemplating the ideas and thoughts and concerns and issues and potential solutions that I've, we've already been discussing over the years and that we will continue to discuss throughout the years. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a hiatus. I might do uh, a few uh, totally irrelevant media review episodes, but I'm going to take a week off from doing primetime, almost daily Zencast episodes. Right. Uh, and I'm going to leave this as a prompt in an invitation, an open door invitation to come on down to facebook.com forward slash the almost daily Zencast. I think that might even be accurate, um, but find it, go search for it, go click on the thing that I sent you, the links that I refer to, um, come in, participate, get involved and share your thoughts and ideas about 
what we can do that is uh, uh, work, working towards healing the, the poverty, the working towards healing the, uh, the, you know, all the other complicated issues ranging from homelessness to mental poverty, uh, mental poverty, mental uh, wellness issues to extreme poverty and food insecurity. Uh, and, and, you know, there's just an endless, let's not get overwhelmed by the horror show that those problems are. But let's start really trying to wrap our brains around. We don't even have to, you know, the perfection is an obstacle towards progress, right? Let's just start thinking about the right direction, better directions. Does that even got up with the right? Better directions, yeah? Policing is one of these complicated issues, completely intertwined in all of this because, you know, they are, um, they are the ones uh, in our streets with the guns, most of the time that are supposed to quote unquote stop the bad guys with the guns. They're supposed to be the good guys with the guns, stop the bad guys with the guns. And as we saw in Texas, uh, in Uvalde, um, and my heart breaks every time for every town, for whether they lost someone or not, uh, the good guys with the guns don't always go sh storming in like knights in full shining armor to save the day. Now, we can get caught up in arguing about that and hating on them and buying into... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The conspiracy theories about why they did and didn't do things the way they did and didn't do them. Or we can address the fundamental issues that are like really plaguing policing. And instead of trying to find punitive uh, punishment reward mechanisms to improve that, find healing oriented solutions to address the fact that these are human beings behind those badges. They're not apples. There isn't one bad apple. There are human beings with varying degrees of ego corruption, emotional trauma, spiritual damage, intellectual um, perversions, etc. And these are not issues to be uh, polemically moralizing and, and, and judging and castigating about. These are issues that need healing. Same with this problematic, ongoing, repetitive issue with you know lone gunmen shooting up places. Um, there is, there is a marketplace with many voices that that espouse hate, uh, most especially in this country, uh, and you can't. Over, you can't legislate that shit away. You can set common sense, decency guidelines, right? But I'm with George Carlin. What What is wrong with this list of seven bad words? Have those words ever caused... I mean, yeah, they have. You start yelling at each other in blunt profanities, drunk at a bar with a bunch of people that may or may not have various levels of concealed weaponry, then yeah, you know, the words could have caused it. But... Sticks and stones. Um, I digress, I digress, I digress. 
There's nothing wrong with foul language in and of itself. Uh, a word is not inherently bad any more than a, a shovel is inherently bad or a, a, a steak knife or a, a, you know, a tree axe or a chainsaw or an ice pick or, or a submachine gun or a fucking AK-47. So let's get beyond those, those surface triggery echo chambery, wedge issuey, treadmill issuey, distraction y issues about the issues, right? Problems about the problems. Let's stop with the fighting about that. That's what the echo chambers want. That's why people are out there making fun of other people for being caught up in an echo chamber, not realizing they're caught up in echo chambers, so that we just keep echo chambering. And let's take a deep breath together soon. Uh, in time independently, right? I'm not trying to call a live event. I'm just saying, as you're listening to this, you know, make the time. You got time in the next week and a half, two weeks? Just take a little time to breathe. Go meditate. If you already meditate, double down. Mix it up. Experiment. Try a different practice. You always sit in the dark? Go meditate in the sunshine. You always uh, do Tai Chi? Do something, you know, do a different form. Do a different thing. Sit in stillness. You get my point. And contemplate this. It's not my calling, right? It's not my prompt. The universe itself wants us to abdicate the ideologically constructed, dogmatic, ego-plexing, ego-driven, ego-triggering nonsense of all kinds, of all shapes, of all forms, so we can get at the root of the matter. And at the real root of the matter, if you really get past the conspiracy theory noise and the just plain old-fashioned us-versus-them uh, noise and, and, and all the other finger-pointing and blaming and, and you get to what causes this, you'll find if you take an honest enough look, a sincere enough survey, that it is ridiculous to stop at the purely mundane rationales and circumstances. And that it is imperative, imperative that we really start taking a deeper look at the spiritual dimension of all of these things. Not to get caught up in more dogma, Not to start arguing about which religion is most righteously going to fix the problem. They haven't fixed it yet. 3,000 years of people beating each other up and killing each other with guns over Christianity. And here we are. And you can say the same thing about every other religion. Almost. Not every religion has been waging wars on itself or whatever, but not every religion has fallen into the trap of hypocritically being violent about religion. But... The, again, nothing is an absolute monolith of absolutely everything, of anything, right? I'm, I'm the one saying that to begin with. So when I say religion hasn't solved the problems, I know there's exceptions to that. I know that people are feeding the homeless because of organized religion help them get to that place of doing it. I always, always, always uh, reserve my criticism for the parts that are the critic, you know, the, the critique, are the problem and not the parts that aren't. You know what I mean? Sorry for not pulling off that sentence as eloquently as it could be. I'm trying to wind things up. I digress. I correct myself. I'm trying to wind things down and 
and bring this to a nice button point where we can land and say, please, 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 uh, where I can land and say, not we, where I can land and say, please do come out and share your thoughts. Um, if you're listening to this podcast on Sprecher.com, you can also just comment on this episode at the Sprecher platform. Um, I That's one place I will see the comments. If you're listening to this episode somewhere else, it becomes ex- exponentially less and less likely that I'll see your comments. So I humbly invite you to come on down to the Facebook page Say hello, let me know where you've been listening to the podcast, and drop your comments on um, the, 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 the post about searching for healing-based solutions. Um, and if you want to talk about other issues, by all means, throw it in, but sort of include the current issue there. We're going to be doing more of this, so there'll be more prompts on the page over time. And with that, friends, I humbly thank you for tuning in. Uh, uh, I, I rarely go a full live episode without any music, but it just didn't feel right. And although I did allow myself to get to, to, to places of levity, um, it has been with a really heavy heart that, I, that I've come to bring this episode up. And I don't want to let myself forget to talk about this one issue uh, before we go. Uh, um, and it's not about it. It's, it's, it's about the part of the problems with the problems of the problem. Um, I meant to bring it up at the beginning in the preamble of Ebarts, building up to my prompt. But, uh, you know, the finger pointing and the blaming and blame and, you know, talking about mental health issues, um, we see that a lot. That in video games. And one quick thought that I'm reminded that I forgot. Yes, let's address mental health, right? Duh, obviously. Let's not vilify it. Let's not scapegoat it. Let's not pin a tail on the wrong donkey to use a terrible analogy. Um, and let's not, let's, let's call out everyone who's blaming mental health and, and calling for something to be done and then not doing any work in that department, please. Uh, and let's acknowledge the big red elephant in the room. What some people quite saucily describe as the amosexual identity problem and that's that there's clearly an issue of addiction at work here right we waged a three decade long war on drugs because they were bad and addictive and cost lives and and generated crime <clears throat> am i crazy am i the only one that sees that there is an addiction problem that there is a what seems to be a concerted and well-organized effort to plant the seeds and promote the development of an addiction to the hyper-identifying with guns, their killing power, their stopping power, and their badass level with your manhood. There's straight-up advertisement that invokes such terminology coming out of the gun industry. Earn your man card. Buy a blah, 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 blah. Buy a howitzer. You know, like, I mean, if you're measuring dicks, then if you've got anything smaller than a fully fucking decked out howitzer, you're not really a man. I don't know. I know no one's saying that, but that's the level of absurdity that it could get to because it's absurd on the face of it.
is my point. Owning a gun does not make you more of a man or better man or a manlier man or a stronger man than anything else. In fact, there are some masculinity elitists that say that mechanized machines of war are clearly a sign of weakness and cowardice. A real man rips the throat out of his opponent with his bare fucking claws, they would say. I'm not proposing that. I'm not endorsing that. But that was a caricature of a whole counter-argument there, which sounds pretty toxic to me, too, right? Remember, folks, if they control, if they, bunny ear quotes, control the narrative, quotes, then they, how naive is it of anyone to then irresponsibly believe that they don't also influence and or outright control Every version of any possible counter-narrative, outrage, backlash, uh, counter-argument, and conspiracy theory. Right? I've been mocked and ridiculed for a very long time for suggesting that there is a very toxic and irresponsible effort to sell guns at all costs to Americans. As a sideline business, you know, a little side hustle. Who's the primary, like, what's the primary hustle? Oh, it's the military-industrial complex, right? So, to, to nip all of the argumentation that's coming from that direction in the bud, everyone who's simping for guns has got to ask themselves this. And I posted this on social media in many ways, many wordings, many times over the years. Um, but, like, who, why do you, why do you need to protect your right to arm and, to, to arm yourself and collect machines for the field of war to defend yourself against a tyrannical government. Who, right? Great. Okay. Who are you buying these weapons from? The gun industry. What is the gun industry a wholly owned subsidiary of? The military industrial complex. What is the military industrial complex own? The tyrannical government that you're defending yourself against. There's a, there's a, the logic fail of this circular loop seems to be right in the blind spot of everyone caught up in the toxic masculinity, amosexuality of thinking that guns are a sign of your manhood. They're not. They are a tool. They are a tool that is highly toxic from the get-go. They are a tool that does not need to be the God-given right of every 18-year-old because God didn't make guns and I'm barely certain God has some sort of pet peeve about us killing each other if we're going to go that direction with it. Oh, of course, they've already, I mean, long ago, long before man invented the gun, Christians turned the loving, compassionate, forgiving God that does not want you to kill uh, into the very same God that wants you to go wipe out your enemy for righteous joy. So we've already talked about that. There's pins on the corkboard about all of that. So dive into some episodes. Um, and we're putting up new pins, the prompt, solutions-based discussion towards new areas of investigation. What can we be looking at, for lack of a better term, that might help heal in the broadest sense, individuals, anonymously speaking, theoretically speaking, and collectively, the human fucking species. And in, in between those two, 
extremes of the spectrum. This American Trumptopian uh, dystopian gun culture. Because we don't need to take everybody's guns away. We also don't need to hyper-militarize every local police department. And we don't need to stockpile weapons uh, against, you know, a military force that could wipe us out remotely with drones because that's not how we're going to prevent the tyranny. That's not how we're going to overcome the tyranny. In my humble opinion. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, playing that war would be falling into exactly what the system wants, in my humble opinion, right? If America were to have a civil war, everyone would lose because the only winners would be those who fucking profit on it. And yeah, it, in, a, in a free market economy, everyone has the right to profit. So do I. And I'm not arguing against profit. There's a pin on the board. There's a big effing difference, my friends, for those of you who may not be aware or, and are being, you know, starting to, to argue like, why shouldn't they make a profit? There's a big effing difference between making a reasonable, responsible profit and profiteering. Just like there's a difference between healthy masculinity and toxic masculinity. And knowing, no one is knowingly on purpose calling toxic masculinity healthy masculinity or vice versa. What we need to find is all the things that are toxic. There's something toxic about humanity's relationship to alcohol. Alcohol in and of itself is not bad. If used under certain uh, uh prescribed uh, ritualistic manners, it's healing and powerful and can lead to deep insights. But that's not the same as partying it to puke because that's what partying is. And that's, that's more basement level, root level, uh, like targeting the problem kind of where we should be looking, in my opinion. That's, that's my prompt. That's my first step. Right? Set down everything. Set down all the baggage. And let's start looking in this other general direction that we've been neglecting for decades, centuries, millennia. And that is things that heal us as individuals and as a collective. Because I was, as I was rambling about in a recent episode, if we are that, if we can heal ourselves that way, I'm convinced we would actually solve the problems that we created ourselves instead of just fighting about them and trying to hyper-legislate them and building new problems with the same tools we built the last ones with. And on that note, I will bid you a fond farewell. May peace, love, and grievousness blossom in your heart. May no one take your guns away if you want to keep them for self-defense. Uh, but can we also get past the nonsense argumentation. That's my wish. And let's get on things, right? Like, for one final thought, I mean, what, there are already some very sensible, reasonable things that can get done. Uh, on the, you know, I don't want to out of hand completely deny all legislation. The two extremes are what I'm against. We can't hyper-legislate anything. We can't hyper-strip away all legislation. That's crazy talk. Somewhere, there's a third alternate which has to do with balance and about promoting healthy living, healthy practices, healthy thinking, healthy being, healthy community. And that's where uh, our public discourse could go 
and where I'm hoping we as a community here at the Almost Daily Zencast, because the Almost Daily Zencast is not the product of me talking onto a digital recorder and putting it out there on the internet for you to listen to. That's not the Almost Daily Zencast. The Almost Daily Zencast is you all, us together, the community of people that share these words in our heads uh, vis-a-vis listening to mine and then discussing them on social media. So come on down. There's plenty of room and there's plenty of growth to be had. So grateful for each and every one of you who have been listening. 20 plus some odd countries around the world, thank you for helping me lay the groundwork for this delightful little community of, of, of entertainment and, and sci-fi and real life and, and mysticism and, and spirituality discussion and all that. Um, it's a blessing and an honor. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I bid you farewell and adieu and uh, a good day, good evening, good night, good morning, good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. Until next time, I have been your humble host, the incorrigible Mr. Zeppo, and this has been a, a curiously live without any kind of music, intro or outro or DJZ or anything uh, episode for some reason. Although the pre-recorded ones are like that because I'm brain dumping and then I just post them and I didn't have any of the tools around me. Today I set up to do a full bells and whistles show and it just didn't feel right. Um, but here we are. Thanks again. Peace out.